Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. My special guest today is my friend Joshua Lee, who is a VC, but also a startup founder, CEO of Ardius, A-R-D-I-U-S, which just got acquired by Gusto, its first acquisition. Ardius actually helps companies reclaim R&D tax credits. So you don't want to miss out. So don't go away. So there's a lot of things happening in this week's tech news. Uh, first up, late breaking news is Sundar Pichai had announced that the 135,000 Google employees in the United States are mandated to get the vaccine before returning to work and that they've lengthened out the return to work date till mid-October. Also, you've recently heard about Jeff Bezos and Blue Origin. Jeff Bezos went up in the space. Well, Blue Origin has just tried to pull a rabbit out of their hat, having lost the lunar landing contract with the United States government to SpaceX. Jeff Bezos just offered to fund up to $2 billion in research and development in order to win that contract back. China just unveiled a 600 kilometer per hour Meglev train. So these are trains that run on magnetism. 600 kilometers per hour would make it the fastest ground vehicle in history. And for those on Clubhouse like me, earlier it was disclosed that 3.8 billion phone numbers were for sale on the darknet. Now, before we all get lots of consternation about that, there's only about 15 to 18 million users on Clubhouse. So how could there be 3.8 billion phone numbers stolen? Well, that is because it synced up everyone's phone books in doing that. The silver lining in this is that there were no names associated with the numbers. So it's just a database of 3.8 billion phone numbers without any identities attached. And the final story for this week's tech news is the Pegasus spyware that was found on many state leaders' phones that is causing a lot of questioning of the Israeli government. I'll be speaking more about Pegasus in my cyber tip, and that's the Tech News of the Week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, my special guest and friend today is Joshua Lee, who is the founder of Ardius, which just recently got acquired by Gusto but Josh has a very long history in tech and in venture capital. So I wanted to chat with Josh about that today. Welcome back, Josh. Hey, thanks for having me, Keith. So you've done a lot in your career and your career is shorter than mine. So I wanted to go into your background because I love the story that we're going to get to with Ardius, R&D tax credits and a company wanting to acquire your company. But you had this vision to do that, but it wasn't like an overnight thing. I mean, R&D tax credits might have been, but you had a journey along the way. So where'd you get your start? So I, I came out of, uh, my roots here are in LA. So it was a undergrad UCLA and ironically, grad school at USC, right? So SoCal born <laughs> through and through. Uh, so right out of college, both grad school, undergrad, uh, I, I started at Ernst & Young, just right here in downtown LA. And uh, dove right into taxes. So uh, tax consulting, 
tax credits, tax incentives, tax cash flow analysis, all, all that good stuff. So uh, at the time when we first started, this is back in 2001, right? Uh, credits have been around, like you said, it's been around since you know uh, the 80s. And at this time, we were just coming right out of the dot-com you know, boom or bust, however you want to remember it. Uh, and so you know, credits were a big thing, like they already were, but uh, it was mostly for bigger companies, right, that had tax liabilities, right? So to that, um, to that end, right, we um, were going through and, and there was a big shift from uh, the, the credits being only for liabilities uh, for companies that didn't have that, they could use it to offset payroll and payroll taxes. So, so that was a huge, a huge shift for startups because I had some companies, you know, that were pre-revenue, yeah. right? That were really small, right? And they were like, "Hey, how do I use these credits? I can't even, you know, um, have any profitability." But when that big shift happened, right? We we also kind of shifted with that, right? And so uh, by the time I was I was there for about thirteen and a half years. Right. As by the time we were done, we were running the West Coast practice from uh, San Diego all the way up to, to to Seattle. Right. Is where um, we ended up. And then uh, my my bridge to startups. Right. Which is like, well, Josh, how did you go from a CPA firm? Right. To, to startups. I had a bunch of friends who were uh, you know, out of college. They went into the more entrepreneurial space. They went investment banking. Right, worked the 80, 90 hours a week. Right. I remember not even seeing them for the first two years. And then they went into venture capital. Right. And then within, I think there was like eight or nine of us as a, as a group. Um, uh, their first year of venture capital, none of them made it through. They all took seed rounds from their respective VCs. And so, you know, uh, long story short, they all became clients of mine. They, they all hit really big. And so I, I don't know how many pitch decks I was a part of or included on that I didn't even know about, but it was like, Oh, Hey, Joshua Lee, you know, is that Ernst and Young? He's my head of finance. He's helping fundraise, all this kind of stuff. So I fell in love with startups through them. And eventually they became, uh, you know, uh, my client, which is great. Um, and, and fell in love with that whole, uh, that world. Right. And then, uh, from there, yeah, we started a venture fund together. So as they exited, this is like maybe now 10 years ago. Right. So this is about, Right after Ernst & Young, I did venture capital for about uh, six and a half years. Started a venture fund, uh, was a part of a, a bigger, uh, larger fund. Um, and then from there, it was actually because of servicing our own portfolio companies, right? When people find out you're a CPA, they're like, hey, Josh, how about some free advice, right? So I'm sitting on these boards, I'm looking through their taxes, of course, right? And it's like, hey, you guys are missing out on you know just everything that that should be a normal, like check the box, which is like R and D credits, obviously, right. Cost segregation, uh, 409A valuations, uh, 83B elections, all that, you know, tax stuff. Right. Yep, yep. And so for me, it's like breathing, but for them, it's like, Oh, like, how do we take advantage of this? And I was like, well, I got, I got your back guys. Let's, let's go back to, you know, my firm, I'm an alumni there. They love me. Right. <laughs> so we go back and they're like, Hey Josh, we do love you, but you know, we, we can't service your clients. They're, they're, they're they're too small, right? Some of them are pre-revenue, right? And so that's kind of the evolution of like, oh, maybe we could start automating some of this. And that's where the genesis of Ardius started. That's great. And I know we'll be talking about Ardius um, coming up in our next segment. But one thing I wanted to really hit home on, because I also do a lot of start mentoring and I came out of corporate, um, not on the tax side, 
but on the M&A integration side on the technology and then doing technology deals for companies like Cisco and Intuit and MUFG. Um, here's the funny thing that we talk about as startup advisors. Usually the assumption is two founders, one's technical, one might have business acumen, sales side, rainmaker. Well, oftentimes if there's a third friend involved, they're usually thrown the CFO role. <laughs> And whether they're qualified or not, since no one has any idea of what it actually takes to run a company from the finance perspective, the third person gets it. And oftentimes they should have never gotten it or they don't know what they're doing. And then uh, they come down a certain path. And and that's a common thing. So I was just laughing when you were talking about your your uh, your experience with uh, once you started getting into the startup world and things that were just like breathing to you and others were like, what are we doing? And then uh, getting to your old firm and those clients being too small. So I think uh, your service is really important. So when we get back, we're gonna get talk more about Ardius who congratulations again on your acquisition by Gusto and what you're doing with R&D tax credits. So you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. Special guest today is Joshua Lee, who's the founder of Ardius, a company, as we just mentioned, just got acquired by Gusto and they're helping companies with their tax situations and the R&D tax credit. You have any questions or comments about how to get a hold of Joshua and RDS, uh, give us an email at info at svn.biz. You always can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders, welcome back to the show. Once again, my special guest today is Joshua Lee, who is the founder of Ardius, a company that just got acquired by Gusto, actually Gusto's first acquisition. Also, Josh, in the earlier part of the show, was explaining his background as a CPA and coming through the ranks and being really interested in tax. So welcome back, Josh. Hey, thanks, Keith. So Josh, what is the R&D tax credit? So the R&D credit uh, is a credit that the U.S. government uh, provides for companies to to innovate here in the U.S. as, as kind of in the in the name, and so it is a dollar for dollar credit, uh, meaning that one, it's refundable. So if you've paid taxes in in the past, and then you go back and you realize, hey, I have credits, you could actually go back and actually get a refund. Uh, so it's money you've already spent that you're back, you know, entitled to. Um, and then, as I was mentioning, you know, it, it is dollar for dollar. So meaning, if you owe let's say, you know, $100,000 in taxes and you have 100,000 in credits, you can actually offset dollar for dollar every, you know, every amount. So you'd owe zero in this case, right? In years where you can't utilize it, uh, you can carry it forward. Um, and so you don't actually uh, lose it per se, but the name of the game for us, and again, why we started Ardius was all about utilization, right? And not being a, you know, charged, or, or build or invoiced for credits you can't use. So it's very important to us, you know, to not be a cash burden on the company, but to find non-dilutive capital, right? To grow alongside you. And for us, our model is, you know, we, we typically uh, will charge a uh, either fixed amount or a percentage as you collect on those credits. So absolutely a net positive is our goal with, with any company. Uh, regardless of size, right, and scale, and and just awareness, right? It's 
I think the last stat the IRS gave was back in 2018 or maybe 19, and it was about over $12.5 billion in R&D credits. But all that to say is that only about 20% of all eligible companies are actually taking it, which means there's probably another 40, 50 billion, right, in credits that go unclaimed, right? So number one, it's awareness. It's also education, right? And then even after you're aware of it and educated, it's like, how do you actually claim it? You know, these, as you'll find out, very labor-intensive, you know, uh, hoops and hurdles you have to overcome. And so that's where, you know, the idea of software can come in and hopefully make your life, uh, you know, a much easier, right, to, to go after some of these uh, undiscovered credits. Thanks. I love it. And, I, and that's why it was so important to have you on the show today. Um, so in the first segment, we kind of established where Josh came from, a, t- a CPA and a tax background. And normally we think about startups, as we mentioned in the first segment, you're thinking about usually a couple of founders, uh, one technical and one more sales-driven, marketing-driven. That's the typical case. And when you think about the need for somebody who understands finances, it's usually an afterthought or usually the third co-founder and not very sophisticated. You, you want somebody to be very technical. You want somebody to be very business-oriented. But both those people are usually like, eh, finance, we'll get to it when we start making money, when we start hitting some goals. It, it really is this afterthought. And that's why it was fascinating when you and I met that you have this thought um, up front. You just said only 20% of all eligible companies probably even are aware or taking advantage of it. So this leads into now uh, you're a VC, you you have all this expertise, you think about it. How old is Artius? When did that epiphany hit you to actually start the company? Yeah, so it's a great segue because, you know, even while at Ernst Young, we've always talked about, hey, you know, you know, we're pulling stuff from PDS, we're having, you know, staff level people extrapolate information, right? It's like, why can't we automate some of this stuff? And and so like a big, big company like Ernst Young to actually move the needle, right? And maybe try new things or innovate. Um, and they're pretty cutting edge. I mean, I, I love, uh, you know, EY. Um, and and they, they were already on the cusp, right, of all these new things. But to actually apply it into something like an R&D credit or something, you know, probably wasn't the right time, right? Technologies were still very expensive back then. Uh, this is back in like the 2000s. But uh, Artius, you know, come about 2018, the summer of 2018. And it was really, uh, I guess we call it circumchance or serendipitous, but again, nothing's by chance nowadays, right? It's, it was really uh, fortuitous. We had uh, two guys uh, on our team um, who had just come off their own acquisition on their own right. Uh, they were part of a startup. Uh, Yahoo had acquired them back in the day, and then Verizon had just acquired Yahoo, and they were actually visiting, right, uh, locally. Uh, they're from the Bay Area, and yeah, they actually overheard these conversations I was having with, with Ernst & Young, with Deloitte, Pricewaterhouse, right, all the big four, and they're like, what's, what's, what's going on? Like, what's, um, you know, what, why are you pulling your hair out? And I was like, oh, it's just, you know, I have this, these, these companies, right? that have these credits that I know exist, but we just have, can't find someone to do them or they're not willing to do it. And so there was this one company in particular, we had 12 developers, you know, making about 90, hundred K each. We're all bootstrapped pre-revenue. And the credit was roughly about, you know, I think about 140, 150,000, right? So it, and again, it was a nice bridge amount. You know, they were asking for 
another fundraise, right? Another check to be written. And I was like, well, you have this 150 grand just sitting there. You could use that, pull that first. And, you know, I was telling the guys, oh, we just can't access this information. So that's to their credit was like, Josh, why don't you automate, you know, this process? Nothing, you know, in terms of coding uh, can't be solved without, you know, taking a look at it. And so I was like, well, you know, I've looked at it before, but you know, Josh, that was way back with, not to outdate myself here, but there's that, that was a while back, Josh, you should really revisit this. It may look a lot different to, to try to scale this. So this is summer of 2018. I said, if you guys are serious, you know, you guys should come down, right? Let's, let's, you know, host you guys in an apartment. I think they came down into like K-Town, right? Um, for a whole summer, 2018 and wrote a beta uh, during that summer. Now it wasn't perfect, right? It never is. But it was good enough, right, Keith, where I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. I can make the modifications, the changes, uh, even on the back of an envelope, right, get to where we needed to be. And that summer, we did 20 plus, you know, companies, you know, again, <laughs> friendly portfolio companies that, yeah. again, uh, you know, like, hey, Josh, whatever you want, right, like, take, take a stab at this. And uh, and we did it. And so that was the the beginning, right? They They were the tech guys. And... You know, I was also on the on the tax and business side, but like to your point, really complimentary, you know, uh, pairing here and and started this is in 2018, summer of 2018. That's incredible. And yeah. so how did the pandemic affect your business one way or the other? Yeah, it it was as funny because uh, we were like born and made for, you know, working from remote. Right. So where the big four was still on site right? Charging by the hour. You know, we were everything in the cloud already, right? We were like software, we're going to be coding. Like we were already working remote. Now, now what was funny was right before the pandemic, we had grown to a point where we needed an office. <laughs> so we actually did, you know, uh, have an office right here in, in Brea, North Orange County. Yeah. And I, I even had my son, right, uh, come in we wanted a, uh, an internship, put all the furniture together, right? From wherever we could grab it from. And uh, me and him put it all together, uh, invited the team to christen the, the new office together. And then within two weeks, I think we had one team meeting, right? And then two weeks later, pandemic broke out. And we had the, first it was the Bay Area, I remember getting the calls like, hey, we're, we're sheltering in to work from home order. I was like, wow, that's that's too bad for the Bay Area. And then, you know, like I think it was like two weeks later, like it was it was our turn in uh, in SoCal. And so from there, we actually had to go right back to working remote. But you know, to your to your point about how did it affect us, uh, we were sad, but at the same time, we were already well accustomed, right, to to working from home, working from you know coffee shops, uh, wherever we could find you know uh, Wi-Fi. And so we went back to working working at home. So uh, we were kind of made and, and geared up, right, for, for working with, uh, with companies from remote anyway. Now, it was a little bit trippy because there is, you know, obviously that, that handshake to seal the deal or signing up someone, you know, and for that year, year and a half, I mean, we, we did some pretty large, uh, you know, deals and we've never even met, right? We've had to hire people. We've never met in person, right? Like, you know, so we had some jokes like, is this like a real person I'm talking to? Is this like some AI programming? Is, you know, is Keith really real here? Is, is this a real person? And so we were actually, you know, having to just like everybody else, right? Uh, working virtually, remote, signing agreements 
you know, virtually better communication, going to Zoom or Google Meets, right? And just, you know, pulling the team together and not trying to burn out. Um, there was obviously efficiencies, right? Uh, not having to, to commute, but there was always that, that screen time burnout as well, right? Trying to keep the team, um, you know, motivated, intact, and even, even well-bonded, right? Because we kept hiring and Again, um, there was a funny story. We can get to that maybe in a later we'll get that segment, the next segment. So this has been great. And I think yeah. uh, to summarize that part of it, I think it's great that you were able to weather the pandemic. What we did learn, I think this is universal. And I had Steve Cadigan, the first head of HR LinkedIn. We worked together back at Cisco. He was on the show a few weeks back. We learned that distributed work in mass works. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, digital transformation for most um, organizations accelerated by five or 10 years. So yeah, we'll definitely cover this when we get back. You're listening to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. Special guest today is Joshua Lee, who's the founder of Ardius, which just got acquired by Gusto. We've been talking about his company who helps with tax situations, R&D credits for startups and other companies. If you have any questions about it, you can email us at info at svn.biz. Ardius is spelled A-R-D-I-U-S. And you can go to gusto, G-U-S-T-O.com. And we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. On today's show is my special guest and friend, Joshua Lee, who is the founder and CEO of Ardius which is a company that focuses on getting anyone related to research and development tax credits and was just acquired by Gusto. Joshua is going to talk about how you can see if your company is eligible for R&D tax credits, so don't go away. On this week's Cyber Tip, I'm going to talk more about the Pegasus spyware, which was discovered on many state leaders' mobile phones. Now, just some background. Pegasus is software operated by an Israeli company called NSO Group. They do sell the ability to monitor devices to other governments around the world. And what's particularly troublesome with the leaders of world governments is that although NSO said that they had 10 autocratic governments as their customers, and that they only did about 100 monitorings per year, that they had a database of over 50,000 people. So it's uncertain how the software will end up on your mobile device, but I have gotten lots of requests and concerns over whether or not this spiral would be on your individual phone. Don't know. But what I will say is that NSO Group has explained that it costs about $100,000 per device to do the proper investigation. So I'm going to assume at this point that most of the world does not have the spyware on their phones. So a good reminder to always be very cognizant of what you're putting on your computer, on your phones. I mean, I know that's something that we all rely on, but that in case it ever were to be compromised or hacked, that nothing very sensitive is going to be on there. Put your stuff on a secure file thumb drive and put it in a lockbox or a safety deposit box, but just be very careful what you're putting on your phone. And that's the cyber tip of the week. Welcome back to the show. The discussion I'm having today is with Joshua Lee, who is the founder of Ardius, A-R-D-I-U-S, a company that just got acquired by Gusto. Ardius was born out of the need 
for companies not being aware of R&D credits started in 2018 and then um, having powered many companies through achieving or obtaining these R&D credits. Thanks a lot, Joshua, for being here. John Nablaski, thanks for having me. So early in the show, we, we established your background, how um, unlike most startups, usually having a couple of founders, one being very technical, one being very sales and marketing driven, and finance being usually an oversight or uh, a back burner item, you have the opportunity for what you're doing to actually have it in by design. And what I mean by that is Artius was born out of this uh, benefit that companies aren't even aware of, this R&D credit. So I wanted to go a little bit further now and talk about some of the success stories you've seen so far, the ones you can talk about. Um, what have you seen between the customers you have and what results they've obtained? Yeah, I'll talk about it on, on two fronts. One is the actual door-to-door direct to you know, customer, right? We've had companies, um, they are largest to date has been north of 3 million in credits that were refunded, by the way, refundable. And so we went back uh, three or four years, right? They had always been profitable, uh, discovered they've never claimed the credit. Uh, they were in an industry, again, that even though they were aware about R&D credits, they thought they didn't qualify. So that's another good point to bring up. Most companies try to tell me within the first five minutes of meeting me that we don't qualify. And I was like, well, I thought I was a tax expert, but let's let's you know explore that. And so it ended up that they did qualify and they got over $3 million uh, federal and state in, in tax credits back. And then on the CPA side, that's a that's one where it was an interesting scenario because our first couple months, right, as an exploratory uh, mission, right, going door to door, we found, you know, startups, got them back these credits and yay, Artius was, you know, on a platform, we were the heroes. And the inevitable question, right, always comes up is, you know, Mr. and Mrs. CPA, how could you have missed this? Right. And that, that wasn't our intent. We weren't trying to put any CPAs on blast. In fact, we were trying to be complimentary, right, to the CPAs who don't do R&D and we're not here to eat their lunch. We're not trying to do the tax return or the compliance work. And so really quickly on, we learned, hey, we need to get the CPAs involved early and earlier on. Right. And that includes the controller, the CFO. And to your point, Keith, I meet with founders all the time and I go, can I talk to your CPA or bookkeeper? And they say, hold on. And they, you know, scream, honey. Right. Like it's like their significant other or it's their husband or wife. And so oftentimes, you know, we now partner with CPAs. You know, we let them know up front. We want to include you in the process. Right. We want this to be an annuity. We want to create a framework so you can take advantage of the R&D credit. Uh, not only going back in time, but also setting up a framework going forward. And so we're really partnering up with CPAs. And we've now added that as a service, kind of a white label, if you will, to a lot of CPA firms who, who want to now offer this because they know that we can find and, and take care of these things. And meanwhile, they can continue servicing as a you know, holistic approach to the actual uh, startup themselves. So That's great. Uh, how is it an a la carte service? Is it a bundle? How do you actually sell the service? Yeah, right now it's it's uh, it's a la carte. It is the the R and D uh, service itself that includes like the you know the audit services. Oftentimes that's not included, but we throw that in there to help support the credits that we substantiate, and that bleeds into so many other things. Though, right? If you look at the general ledger, the tax return, uh, or even the payroll information that comes through, you know we are using a lot of our 
you know, software to reallocate accounts, reclassify things like, hey, it's been misclassified. So we're getting into the weeds and we do help uh, reconcile uh, the general ledger, especially on that first pass, right, where expenses should be uh, qualified or more qualified in. And so by doing that, then it bleeds into, oh, by the way, I'm looking to raise, you know, some seed money. And, oh, I just happen to have a venture background. Like, can I make an introduction to, you know, these, these venture funds or these accelerators? And, and so all of a sudden it kicks off into that ecosystem that we keep talking about. So becoming a true advisor, right? Oh, I need to run a 409A. I don't know what my shares should be worth. I want to bring in some people and give out some RSUs or options. It's like, oh, let me help you with the 409A. And so it, 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 it starts with R&D, I think that's the tip of the iceberg, but it's so conducive, right, Keith, because they give us their accounting, they give us their payroll, they give us a tax return. It's a you know, due diligence packet on steroids, if you will, yeah. uh, because of R&D and what we need, so. That's great. I mean, I, I one thing that I hadn't mentioned to you is I had a brief foray into corporate finance when I left Cisco, went to a company called Mercury Interactive, and uh, Mercury was famous for being a very, um, sales-driven Israeli-based culture, and they're the second company to get hit with backdating and stock options. And uh, I'd, only oh. been the, I'd only been there six weeks, and I had no taint, and so I was put on part of the team. I, was, I came in as the director of M&A integration, but I spent most of my time um, beyond doing that, actually digging us out of the hole with a bunch of other people, 100 contract attorneys and accountants. Um, but this <laughs> is where the closest I've ever been to finance and all the things you're talking about, uh, I think people really underestimate how much. Uh, this is totally an aside. One of my friends, um, his spouse is a founder of a company that was born out of that whole era of about 120, 121 companies that got nailed for backdating the mm. stock options. And there are very well-known uh, software as a service now, which I won't publicly state, but the genesis of that is kind of similar to what you start off as is how do you take a manual process that needs to be automated in order to scale? So, so it's a very similar thing. I want to make sure everyone knows this. People are sitting on ideas. Entrepreneurs, probably accountants and other uh, disciplines are thinking or sitting on a gold mine of efficiency. Oh, yeah. I cannot tell you how much uh, has come just from my own like EY network alumni, right? Ideas that come from, stem from there and go, oh, I wonder if we could, you know, dot, dot, dot. Right. Right. And right. just thinking of those, those ideas. But but, and that's the thing with the digital, you know, uh, revolution, right? There's like these footprints, right? We can track due dates. We can track, um, you know, uh, opportunities and flag certain things. And that's not to say we do everything. So just full transparency, RDS is not one-stop shop, you know, yet. Um, but what we can do at least is identify, right? And so that's where we are expanding out, even from, other credits, right? You had, uh, you talked about the pandemic in our last segment, but when people learned about the PPP, right? The Paycheck Protection Program, and they learned about, oh, free money from the government, that accelerated to a certain degree. Like, what else is out there? Like, this is for real. Like, I actually got a check from, you know, the government. And so, if anything, that actually helped in that marketing or educational, you know, uh, paradigm for, for founders or startups to say, oh, Maybe this stuff is for real because before then it was like R&D credits. Sounds like a used car salesman, Josh. You know, like what, what, what are you talking about, right? And now once they got the PPP checks, you know, they earn income retention credit, right? Or the WOTC credit, work opportunity tax credits. I mean, there's so many other things that we have in beta right now that, you know, 
not enough time for this segment, but we are exploring that we could get to. And I think, again, because of the pandemic, the PPP, it just accelerated the acceptance or the understanding of what that that could actually mean for a company. So, so, so just before we get to end this segment, can you say what are the eligibility requirements? Who is eligible right now for R&D credits? Yeah, uh, companies that uh, basically have uncertainty in what they do. It could be a product, a process, or even uh, you know, functionality or capability. Um, they need to be relying on a hard hat science. So think mathematics, computer science, engineering. Um, and then you know, it doesn't have to be something new. It could be something new or improved right, to, to that end. And so if you meet those three criterias, you qualify for R&D. It could be in the most obscure industries. Uh, but the more important thing is how to utilize the credit. So it's one thing to qualify, but if you're a company that's pre-revenue, right, uh, or you're in losses, you can qualify. If you're obviously paying tax liability, you can qualify. And ideally, our specialty is in uh, the startup space. So for companies that are less than five years old with revenue, uh, of revenue, that's our ideal sweet spot because it's, you know, just in the beginning, we can create a framework for you so that as you grow, right, we scale with you. And so then you could take advantage of the credit throughout. But those are the ideal profiled companies uh, that we look for. That's great. Well, Josh, thanks a lot for being on the show today, explaining what RDS is doing. That is A-R-D-I-U-S. Uh, congratulations again from being acquired by Gusto, their first acquisition. Uh, if they want to get a hold of the company, how do they do that? Uh, they can email us at uh, success at rdius.com. Great. So success at ardius.com. If you have more questions or comments, you can always email us at info at svn.biz. Uh, don't go away because we'll be right back with Josh's view of the future on the pivot. And so find us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. been having a great conversation today with Joshua Lee, who is the founder of Ardius, a company that was just acquired by Gusto Ardius is in the tax business and also uh, pioneering how to obtain R&D credits, uh, money under your mattress, so to speak. Welcome back, Josh. Thanks, Keith. I like that. Money under the mattress. I'm going to use that. Well, you should. I mean, literally, it's money that uh, I think, especially what we've talked about as a theme throughout today's show, is that especially in the startup world, and I know artists can handle other R&D situations, but in the startup world, you've got a couple of founders one who is technically oriented, stereotypically, and one who is more of the sales and marketing guru. Uh, rarely by design do they think about, I need to have a competent or well-versed finance person. And usually in a startup situation where it's obvious on the technology side and obvious on the sales and marketing side, there's a wide range of skills in finance. And so suddenly being thrust the CFO role may or may not be <laughs> the right person to understand the situation with R&D credit. So I think uh, just going back, listen to the podcast as it's available will help people understand that. Absolutely. That's great. So this is the pivot. And I thought what would be great to talk about back on your journey, you know, you went to UCLA, went to grad school at USC. Um, I'm in Northern California, so I don't care. And <laughs> 
uh, you know, Southern California guy. Um, <laughs> you start off as an accountant and now you are a technical startup founder. And that is one of the best pivots. So how do you encourage people to pursue, pursue their dream? Yeah, and it, it's funny because contextually, right, uh, the pivot occurred, at least for Artius, right? I'm in my late 30s, early 40s now. I have, you know, four kids, right? What a perfect time to do a startup, right? No, it, it's, it's not. And, and that's the thing. People think uh, either one, it's too late, or two, there's an ideal time to do it, or maybe I need to have X, Y, or Z experiences, you know, and... It, it didn't happen because of me. I think, you know, this was successful in spite of me, right? It's almost because we were just there, the opportunity. And as you know, the market changes on a, on a dime, right? Uh, even with the pandemic, uh, businesses that are now, you know, virtual. Um, but it, is there a perfect time? I mean, is there an ideal, you know, founder? Um, no, I, that's, that's the thing that if I could end, you know, uh, you know, our segment on, on the pivot is the actual pivot, right? It's like, Hey, are you willing to do it? And now again, I don't want to put your livelihood at risk or anything. I'm not saying to, to do that, but I think there are, you know, people alongside, right. That have that same desire, right? Like you said, Oh, there's different roles, different hats people wear. There are other people, right. With that same desire and drive that if you can surround yourself with those type of people, those folks um, to encourage you to do uh, you know, this and to do it, you know, now, right. This is a great time to do it. It's never been cheaper to start a business. Um, you know, overwhelmingly, I saw a, a recent uh, post about companies that have had success, right. In the startup world, the average founder's age was 45, right. Yes. Like that's crazy. Cause I'm thinking, Oh, it's gotta be, you know, maybe in the twenties or maybe thirties. Right. But it was 45. And I'm thinking, man, for all the people that I am blessed to get to meet, through RDS, right, and, and supporting all these founders, the diversity, right, the the backgrounds of the folks, and and it's funny you never end up with what you start with is the one thing that is a common theme. Oh, I'm starting out, and I'm going to do, you know, um, a fantasy sports app idea, and then you wind up hitting, you know, making like, you know, a product or something. Right? It's like it never it just evolves, and you organically shift and recognize, you know, what you know you should do, but um, it's, it's the desire not to, it's the encouragement of not being a entrepreneur, right? Like, I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, and I, I wish that I would have done, you know, these type of pivots earlier and not be afraid to, to take as many risks. Right. And you mentioned, I started out as a CPA and what are CPAs known for, right? Like looking and finding risk, <laughs> right. Controlling risk, identifying it and, and, uh, keeping customers away from, right. And so that to me was like, uh, the hardest part for me, right, was, oh, telling my wife, telling my kids, oh, I'm going to now become a founder, right? This is like, you know, uh, one of the, the the pivots, but but it was actually contrarian to a lot of the things that, you know, either one as a CPA or even culturally, right, as, a, as an Asian American person, like that, that was not the typical, like, hey, you should take risks, right? It was more like, oh, no, be a little bit more conservative, right? Uh, uh, don't take as many risks. And so that, you know, could be my encouragement to everyone is just to, you know, to not be afraid, right? And to take that first step and and, and do it. So Thanks a lot, Josh. And that is very inspirational. Uh, as a great reminder, one of the truest American success stories in late in life is Colonel Sanders, who started KFC 
1965 uh, at 65 years old and passed away at 90 years old right wow so, right Maybe so uh, definitely the average <laughs> he was making nothing until that time <laughs> and uh, i wanted to end with this this is the pivot and we talk about pursuing your passion doing it without putting your family at risk for sure i mean um, that is that is something i firmly believe in but there's calculated risks. And if you're sitting on a gold mine of an idea, there's so many resources now to start a company, start a technology company. There are uh, people you can go to. I've had uh, folks who run the Small Business Administration on the show talking about programs that they have, uh, MBDA, Minority Business Development Agency, um, companies like yours and Artius. There's so many resources out there that my final thought today is to just do your due diligence and take a risk because pivots are happening all around. And that's the final thought of today. So Josh, thanks again for being here. Definitely want to have you come back and tell me about your progress. Absolutely. We'd love to, Keith. Thanks. So you've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Q. Special guest today, Joshua Lee, founder of Ardius, A-R-D-I-U-S, which is just acquired by Gusto. If you have any questions, you can go to Ardius.com. You can email success at rds.com. You can also find us at info at svin.biz and on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846. 888-828-SVIN.